Today, I want to break away from some of the current headlines in the news, and I want to begin to address a very important topic. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Right now, most people are still concerned about voting news, voter fraud, election fraud, and all those topics, and and the fact that Newsmax is beginning to take away viewers from, from Fox News, and people are also getting fed up with Facebook and switching to things like uh, MeWe or Parler and who knows what else may come down the pike. I want to turn, want to turn our attention in a different direction. It doesn't matter which way the election comes out, this topic is going to be one that will continue to be an issue in the weeks, months, and, and years, if we have them, that lie ahead. I can remember way back when I was a lot younger, I mean like high school student young, the idea of ecumenicalism, in other words, churches getting along, becoming more as one seemed on the surface to me as a young person, not, what's wrong with that? It sounds wonderful to, to be able to do things together. But it's gone way beyond that over time. We have churches that have failed in teaching the truth that is found in Scripture. They, they have abandoned the faith once delivered, and they are in essence now preaching another gospel, which St. Paul, Paul is extremely critical about and give some very stark warnings about what that means, that the day will come when they will heap upon themselves teachers with their burning, itching ears to hear what they want to hear. When you look at what has happened in many of the mainline churches in the world, let alone the United States, they've been gradually moving into this more humanistic approach to, to faith and religion, where the things of eschatology end times are minimized because they're not important. And, and I've always used this term, it's the all dogs go to heaven religion, where you can be anything you want to be. And the church must accept you as you are. The word repentance is increasingly being diminished in what I call the new world church. We don't talk anymore about our sins unless they are social sins. Now, what do I mean by social sins? I mean, you know, if you don't believe in the most woke thing about gender identity and, and all that goes with it, that's the only sin that they even acknowledge in many churches anymore. Maybe you're a racist, white privilege, all these, all these terms being thrown in to the new church. It is a church full of deception. It is a church that will lead people straight to hell. And it's coming to a church near you each and every day. In just a moment, I'm going to welcome my guest on the program. We're going to talk about this issue of the one world church and how true Christians may very well find themselves in a huge predicament where they're no longer really welcome in the open world. 
This is the program Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Real quick, the website, if you're just tuning in or missed it before, it's truththenumber2ponder.com. Truththenumber2ponder.com. And our mailing address, I'm going to give that now and probably again in the program. So if you have a chance to write it down now, great. If not, I'll give it before the end of the program. And the address is Truth to Ponder, 21 Berkshire Lane, 21 Berkshire, that's B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, Lane, add the number 263 on that line, number 263, and that is in the little city of Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. My guest today is going to be the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales again. We had him yesterday as we talked about the election narrative. But I think it's important that we begin to recognize the satanic attacks on the church and trying to change what you believe to fit in. And it's a dangerous place to be. Dr. Gales, I want to ask this question as we open up. What are some of the warning signs that you would see in one of these new woke, uh, shall we say, politically correct churches that are no longer uh, preaching the gospel, what are some of the signs you'd look for? Well, number one, we're going to we're going to see what I call a dogmatic minimalism. Dogmatic minimalism. In other words, you're going to things are going to be soft pedaled. What we held before as firm convictions of doctrine and teaching. Nicene Creed, Apostolic Creed, um, the Apostles' Creed. These are going to be soft-pedaled. You're going to have accommodation for each group. So you're going to actually change some of those things or not emphasize them. And you're going to compromise with Uh regard to your dogmas in each faith for a greater cause. And this is what I call the, the, the syncretism where we're going to find what can we unify on. And you're going to see that the way they are doing this now is not so much argue over doctrines with each religion, but religions are coming together, soft peddling their differences and promoting what they all can agree Mm -hmm, on, mm -hmm. which is ecology. And so we are all going to save the earth, Mother Earth, the environment, ecology, all of those things are going to unite all of the religions and the churches. And they're going to become dogmatic, Amen. those issues. Let me, and let me, that's where we're at. If you look at the King James Version or any version uh, of Scripture, and we can debate which one is the best some other year, not even another day. But I'll give it to you from the King James and the NASB. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And then, of course, I like the the New American Standard. The NASB is, is very good on this, very clear. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. Mm-hmm. Now, and I want you to notice a few things there. Uh, and, and this is St. Paul talking. And I don't care what what translation of the scripture you use, you find 
whether, you know, the word angel, angel, angel. And, you know, in other words, we see that even if an angel from heaven were to come and give you a different gospel, they are to be accursed. And, and I believe that over time we have had many strange and new religions come from someone saying, I got this from an angel. Think about that for a moment. Mm-hmm. How, many, how, many, how many different religious sects and groups that have come up uh, trace their roots back to a new and updated gospel from heaven from an angel that kept all these secrets? And, uh, and, and gave them to us in Egyptian hieroglyphics. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Moroni, the angel Moroni. Uh-huh. I call him Moroni Baloni. But anyway, Moroni for for the, the Mormons. Uh-huh. Over and over, we find that. And we're even warned by Paul. If, it, you know, not a, he says Satan can appear as an angel of Absolutely. light. Absolutely. Uh, and he does. Oh, yeah. And, and, and so... When I look at this, we started talking about this yesterday, and and I've got like 10 thoughts exploding in my mind as you and I are, are talking about this today. And I feel, I feel of anything that we've ever done in doing this program today, you know, forget the politics, forget who's going to be the president, forget all of it. And don't put your faith in princes, put it in the, the living son of God. And, and that's all we can do at this point. I've been talking to people in ministry. These are friends of mine, some I've known for a long time, some the Lord has put in my my life in the last, you know, three to five years. And there is this feeling in the air. There's a brand new feeling in the air. It's that old Christian song, you know, look up, you know, lift up your head, redemption draweth nigh. And, And I'm for the first time ever really feeling this uh, in, in ways that I've never felt it before. I can go back to even before you were born and I'm and, and others that I know. And, and I studied and I was fascinated by the end time theology. I read all the books of the day, you know, the late great planet Earth and all. I mean, I read them all. Uh, I mean, Hal Lindsey was my prophet, so to speak, mm-hmm. when I was in high school. I'll be honest. I mean, and a lot of us thought that that was, you know, that Jesus was coming in 1988. Didn't how many people fell for that? And once again, date setters become date losers inevitably. You know, it just works out that way. Um, I can think of denominations started in the 1800s because they set a date when Jesus would come, and those dates have come and gone, come and gone, come and gone, multiple times. Uh, the Jehovah Witnesses, same thing all based on date setting, which is forbidden in the scripture. And in the only way in, in this, in the case of, of the Jehovah Witnesses, they have to rewrite and invent their own Bible at the Watchtower Society and take scripture and change it. I mean, they're changing God's word, which is something that'll get you cursed by God. You know, when you are changing its intended meaning, uh, th- that's a problem. But all of these pale in comparison to what is going to be the one world religion. None of these churches that we talk about, even the the cults, will ever be a part of it. And they will be like a, just a, and real Christians will be lumped along with the, what I call the heretics and the, uh, and those that have come up with new gospels. Yep. And we're going to be lumped with them. The day is coming, according to the scriptures, that if they kill you, they think they're doing God a service. 
because the God the, the new church is going to serve is not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and, you know, and it's not the same God. Yeah. You're going to be worshiping a demonic presence, and I call it the all dogs go to heaven religion. And I, that, that's that's the only term I that's the best term. I maybe you can come up with a better one. Maybe the listeners can as well. But I am deathly afraid of when we in the United States are already well on our way, and yep. many many of our mainline denominations are already there, and and people don't realize it. I mean, the Episcopal Church as we know it is for the most part in many parts of the country, the Washington Cathedral being a wonderful example you pointed out before, mm-hmm. it's already there. It's already there. You know, we, yep. uh, there, there's going to be a church built or, or a, shall we say, religious center built in Abu Dhabi, you know, in the United Arab Emirates. And what's it going to be all about? Where Jews and, and Muslims and Christians and Buddhists and everybody can come together as one religion. Yeah. One religion. Well, and what, it, what is it going to be focused on? And again, I alluded to it before. They're going to soft pedal truth, okay, and that which divides. Mm-hmm. They're going to soft pedal that. They're going to minimize that. And what they're going to lift up are the issues of today, get eradicating poverty, dealing with the ecology and the earth. Okay, now with the coronavirus, which, you know, pandemic one of uh, Lord knows how many they want to bring. The fact is, it's going to be the environment and it's going to be health of humanity. And let's face it, Bob, it's just not healthy for people to be Christians. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're too you're too dogmatic. You're too you're not tolerant of others. Mm -hmm. You're so you're so backwards. I mean, you're so uh, a first century we, we don't need that now. We need to move mm-hmm. ahead. And that's why they're going to continue to marginalize us. Some people say we're in a post-Christian society. I Absolutely. say no. I say no. We're yeah. now in an anti-Christian society. All right. And that's okay. the difference. We, we are in a post-Christian, but we're in an anti-Christian now. It's just went up a notch. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why we're seeing the outright persecution. If you're for Black Lives Matter, why would you burn churches down? What do they have to do? Why are you smashing statues of Jesus or, or Mary or any other religious statue? Mm-hmm. Why? If you're for a racial equality thing, uh, that's what we see happening. So the idea of the three Abrahamic religions that the Pope and and Islam and them are are bringing in in Abu Dhabi is going to be a unifying place that is going to lift up all the Abrahamic religions for the one God, which sounds sounds right, but it's not. Mm -hmm. John said in first John, he who denies the son denies the father also absolutely and you are antichrist he who does not have the son does not have the father see christians could never say there was just one god apart from the son of god and this is the trinity so do muslims and judaism and christians worship the same god no absolutely not we don't 
because those two will not accept the son. And it's even, let's go one step further. And and when you talk about Islam in particular, Mm -hmm. Islam is a religion started by Muhammad, who Mm -hmm. they call the prophet. But it, it, he inherited a father, you know, from his father, a business in the city that he was raised, and it was the it was a, a pagan worship of a rock with 365 crevices, each one containing a demon, is what they believed, and mm-hmm. in each crevice, and the head demon's name was Allah, and it was not a growing religion until he married this older woman who was wealthy, became. Uh, a magistrate in the city of Medina, and, the, and the, then he started telling people that you can kill in the name of this religion and steal. See, Muhammad had learned bits and pieces of Judaism and Christianity as a young man who traveled with the caravans, and he yes. learned all of this religiosity and combined it into his own religion his mm-hmm. own, and, and he, then he claims that it comes where from an angel, of course, and he has this new knowledge that nobody else has. I, what I'm afraid of yes. in the one world religion, you, we are already seeing many of the mainline Protestant churches in the United States have already bought into it they, they, in, in so many ways. And they have deceived themselves. They have mm-hmm. watered down the gospel. They are rejecting verse by verse, chapter by chapter, entire sections of the scripture because it does not fit the new age that we're supposed to be living within. We should have seen it coming four years ago, actually five years ago now. Even Hillary Clinton said that religions are going to have to let go of their long-held dogmas and become more in tune with this age. In essence, is what she was saying, change what you believe and conform to the world. Right, change yes. what and you believe and conform to this world, or you'll be an anathema. We're, we're, you know, you're going to be, you know, one of those weirdos, and you may have to go to some special place to be reeducated and and what have you. And I see that kind of hatred coming out in Facebook in these last four years against mm-hmm. anybody that calls upon the name of Christ. I mean, I th- there are people that listen to this program on shortwave. These are DXer kind of guys and. That they'll say, well, there's Beerman, one of those weirdos again. Uh, of course, they have great knowledge, but that right. great knowledge that they think they have when they die, will you rest your soul on what you think? And right. get what evidence do you have that you are so right and I am so wrong? Anytime, you know, there, I would challenge any of those that listen. There's a book out there. I'm going to recommend it. And it has changed a lot of people's lives. The greatest skeptics and the greatest mockers of God have read this book, and they they come away shaking. And it's called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. And this is from a lawyer that set out to disprove the resurrection of Christ and get rid of all his stupid Christian friends to shut them up. And after three years of putting this book to shut these Christians up, he gave his life to Christ from what he learned. And so I, I challenge people on that one to look for that book. You realize that under the New World Religion, the, the entire first chapter of Romans has got to go. There's no, I mean, it, it's, yep. it's got to go bye-bye. I mean, I'm looking at it right now uh, where St. Paul goes, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, 
that without yep. ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. This is he's talking to the church at Rome. Mm-hmm. Then he starts talking about, you know, one of my favorite verses, you know, uh, verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew mm-hmm. first, and also to the Greek, people like mm-hmm. you and me. That Greek is just the, just the wider term is translated everybody else, so to speak. And therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And then it goes on, and and it talks eventually about what the one world religion is going to be really big about, and that is the worship of this earth. The Green New Deal is a corporate and governmental worship of the creation while ignoring the creator. Sure. And so, sure. so where, where does all this lead? I mean, I, I think of these Buddhists that are on radio and TV all around the world. You know, we've got to live as one in this planet. And it, I don't get it. You know, they're all about the Green New Deal and climate change. And and yet nobody wants to talk about who is the greatest polluter on the face of the earth. Who is it? <laughs> is it the United States? Is it Australia? Is it the United Kingdom? Is it Europe? China? Why? I didn't hear that. You can't. <laughs> who is who is the greatest? And I mean, you know, who is yeah. the greatest polluter? That's going to be, you know, we may get thrown back into the Paris Climate Accord. And for everybody that was li- that that was saying, well, Bob, you don't know what you're talking about. Biden says that uh, it won't affect anybody that makes under four hundred thousand dollars a year on his tax plan. You Neanderthal fool, those that make that claim. I never said it was going to be in your income tax. That's what you assumed it to be, that your taxes, well, I consider whatever the Paris Climate Accord has as a tax on your income. It's money taken from you. Um, I would call that a kind of a tax. What we're going to have is no more energy independence. And if you say otherwise, well, he said he would not ban fracking. Watch. Number one, he's not going to be the president for long anyway. And I'm a believer in this, and I, I want your opinion. This is, I, I didn't want to get into this, but, you know, the media thoroughly ignored the Hunter Biden story. I mean, they buried it like a cat burying his business in a, in a, litter, in a litter pan. They wanted to keep it quiet. The ultra-left wanted an ultra-left president. They don't want Biden. He's a placeholder. Would you agree with that premise that Biden is nothing more than a placeholder for the moment? Absolutely. He's a puppet. He's been put in there just to get get the ball rolling here. But by no means is he the one who's going to carry through the presidency. Right. Absolutely not. So let me throw this at you. During the Democrat primary, when they had, you know, the 344,000 people running for president and then they one by one, they drop off. Outside of Bernie Sanders, the loving grandfather-looking person to all these teenagers and what have you, and millennials, the those that were the ultra-left in the Senate, beyond Bernie Sanders, who's just a cult following of his own, were basically the Elizabeth Warrens and the uh, and the Kamala Harris's of the United States Senate. And how did their campaigns do? How were they the campaigns doing? 
as we got started outside of Bernie. Forget Bernie's an entity unto himself because he ran before, and there's a whole you know cult that follows him. How long did Kamala Harris stay in the race before she had to leave? Not long. Right. Same is true with all of the ultra-left candidates in the Democrat Party. They never survived. And so we have this thoroughly disarray situation until you get to the primary in South Carolina. And by now, we've got the coronavirus rolled out and doing its thing. And I really believe that they went to Congressman Clyburn from South Carolina, the only Democrat in in South Carolina in, in the House of Representatives. He's been a seasoned politician for, oh, decades. And with his help, Biden suddenly breaks out from the crowd. And all the ultra-left people are, are shoved to the wings. And the next thing you know, he's the presumptive winner of their nomination. And who does he recruit as his vice president? A moderate Democrat? Absolutely not. A Tulsi Gabbard type? No way. Who does he pick? Kamala Harris, who is more to the left. I think she's more to the left of Bernie Sanders, if the truth be known. And she is the chosen one. And so... They've already set it up with Nancy Pelosi that they've got a committee together so they can deal with, quote, 25th Amendment issues with a future president. And if Biden doesn't go along with that, I think the deep state will basically throw Hunter Biden to the wolves and drop all support. The media will just pile on with their attack. And somehow that'll force Biden to have to resign to preserve his son or the whole truth gets out. And sometime next year when Joe has cured the coronavirus, if he ends up actually, don't just ignore what the TV stations say, and it's not, what did Yogi Berra say? It taint over until it's over. And so it's not over, not yet, but it will be. And if, if in fact Joe Biden, whether by legitimacy or not, doesn't make any difference, Regardless, if he becomes the president, he's a placeholder. And I think they'll allow him to to have a, a victory with the coronavirus as it burns itself out naturally. And he'll take the credit because he will have done all these massive lockdowns and mandatory face wearings. And, and suddenly, as we come into spring and summer, it'll all be over. And now... I have some health issues, and he either beats them to the punch in the 25th Amendment, or you get people rumbling about that, then he just quietly resigns. And and then the Democrats have got what they've wanted in office um, for a long time that they couldn't get in. And there it'll be. Now, give me your take. We got about about three minutes before the break, so I want you to... Now, tell me everything where I'm wrong, where I'm right, and what your heart is, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Um, I agree with the premise of what you're saying. Um, Biden is a puppet and Kamala Harris was chosen because she is extreme left wing, extreme left wing. Um, And she's also a puppet for them. She's controlled. You know, recently I heard maybe a week or two ago, I heard an, an interview where Hillary Clinton made this statement. She said, I was born to be president. 
Now, why mm-hmm. would she make that statement now? Yeah, she she lost. She's not running for president. And my my guess, and I could be wrong, is that Biden's going to be removed. Kamala Harris going to come in. She's going to pick Hillary as her vice president. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're going to work Hillary in there one way or the other. OK, and that's that's where I think that's going. Either way, if it doesn't do that, you have uh, a very, very left wing group that are going to be in this position, which they are going to follow. And I'll use the term of the Rockefellers lockstep, everything the globalists want to get done and Christianity is going to be marginalized even more because they have no love for Christianity. And and that's where we get back to what you had said before about the churches and ecumenism and this one world religion. That's where we're going to see the unification of the world's religions. Mm -hmm. But those Christians who understand their faith, they understand Jesus Christ is God and man. Those Christians who believe that will not fit in. You know, four, four years ago, I think that I truly believe that four years ago, the Democrats were convinced they were going to win and they were too busy following the actual polls out there. And they believed what the polls said, but they never counted on the kind of quiet and silent support that a guy like Trump represented. Uh, for some, it was a risk to vote for him, and now they're even more for him than they were before. The number of never Trumpers has never changed. I mean, it's still there. And so this go round, knowing what they learned from the last go round, how could they lose Michigan? How could they lose Wisconsin? How could they lose Pennsylvania? How could they lose, you know, these states that they normally should win in? And so I think that they have had four years if they couldn't get them out. I mean, they had multiple plans on the table. If they can't get them out by impeachment, they can't force him to resign for Russian collusion, which never happened. Mueller failed, uh, failed them. And they thought that they had him. But they've been working overtime since the 2018 election to ensure that he would be destroyed morally, uh, intellectually and physically into such a way to be hand tied you know, hands tied behind his back. And I think that their insurance policies in Detroit and in Philadelphia and Atlanta and other places to keep this thing into chaotic. Uh, and if they and if for some reason they do lose, they can call the entire election illegitimate anyway. So it, it, to me, it, to me, I, I just see I'm not surprised by any of this. No. We've got to take a quick break, and, and we were we meant to start on the, the, the signs of a one-world religion, and I want to jump back into that when we get back. I want to remind you, this is Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. The website is truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com. I'd like to hear from you. We're on the air on as a podcast, and your help. Uh, to keep this thing going is needed more now than ever. We're coming into a new age, a new time, and we need to discuss when we come back. This world is not coming back the way it was in 2019. It's just not. And there are some things you're going to have to realize are gone for good in your lifetime because we put, I think a lot of people that call themselves Christians put a little bit too much faith 
way too much faith in princes and people and mere mortals. This is Truth to Ponder. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. My guest on the program today and in this half hour as well is the, the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales, who's been a regular on this program for a number of weeks now. And it's just been a joy to share with somebody that is feeling that same message that God is just laying on the hearts of so many people right now. I don't put my faith in princes, presidents, kings, queens, or any mere mortal. And maybe what I call the Americana church has put a little bit too much emphasis in in the leader of our nation. Now, while it's, it, it is important, it is important that we, that we vote according to the way God would have us to vote. And that doesn't mean I'm voting for somebody perfect. I didn't. Uh, no man is perfect. And these people that say, well, Trump did this and he did that and he's just, he just a mean person. And well, guess what? So is King David and so is King Solomon. Yet God used them. It's because of policy is why I voted. The policies that I saw coming from the man had nothing of any damage to my faith, my church, my family and my occupation. I mean, it's simple as that. Uh, it, it's what is not interfered with. And the other party's platform four years ago and again today can have a negative impact on all of the above, whether you want to believe it or not. And if you thought that, well, any increase in in taxes is only going to be for those making over $400,000, and you believe that, you also probably believed you can keep your doctor and you could keep your plan and it would save you $2,500. Now, I'm sure there are a few people that did save money for, but the vast majority of Americans, when that happened, my insurance rates tripled all the way across the board in a matter of three years. And so I, I get how the game is played. But we need to put all of that aside, all of it. And we need to start focusing on something else, regardless of how this election ultimately works its way through the courts, and it will over time. And whoever they presume to be or not to be, it all gets worked out. There's one thing that is not changing, and this is where I want to pick up in this half hour. The church, as we knew it before the pandemic, is never coming back the way that it was. I'm convinced of that. Number one, a lot of what I call mediocre churches that uh, proclaimed a gospel that was more social and your, your life is more important than your God, uh, people will use the pandemic as a fear never to want to gather in groups again, and they may they may wither and die. True Christians are going to be increasingly targeted because of their belief in Scripture, and they're not wanting to be part of a one-world religion. I think some denominations are already set up to willingly, to willingly sign on to a one-world religion, and. Uh, it started, didn't happen last week, last month, or last year. It started with many of the mainline denominations beginning to tolerate 
and change their belief system because they thought they had the power of the vote. You know, the church is not a democracy, but they would lead you to believe that it is. And so certain churches have already set themselves up. Dr. Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales is my guest, and and I, I need to have you speak more than me, but I wanted to get back in. And and so where do you think we stand in, in heading toward this, this one-world religion? I think we're in it. I think it's just going to become more prominent as time goes on here, especially with COVID. Uh, so you're correct, right? All of these things we've seen in the mainline denominations, whether it's um, tolerance, uh, a denial of dogmatic truths, minimalizing them. Uh, when we see these things happening, I spoke before about the bigger picture, the global picture, right? So how is it? That all these mainline denominations in the 30s and 40s and 50s, all of a sudden started becoming liberal and progressive. Why? How, how is it they all did it at roughly the same time? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you how. It was planned. You have you have John Foster Dulles on the eve of, of World War II. He started out with what he called the Protestant World Order Movement. And this is is in the Journal of Church and State. You can find it. But he ends up starting this movement in order to harmonize world religions for a world federation or what we know as the New World Order. Mm -hmm. So everything was working at the same time. Um, Martin Eerdman, E-R-D-M-A-N-N, wrote a book called Ecumenical Quest for a World Federation. And that book really deals with the church's contribution to the martial uh, public support for world order and peace. Mm -hmm. So this very, very early on, at the same time that the pieces were being put together for a world government, and you and I are seeing what looked like a natural outgrowth in culture was actually a planned outgrowth in culture. Mm -hmm. And so we're watching it come together as we speak. Uh, and, and sadly, most Christians don't see it. Most Christians have bought into this spiritual uh, aspect of the of progressivism mm-hmm. because it does have a spiritual aspect. And that spiritual aspect has to do with humanity in the secular sense, love in the secular sense, and ecology and, and the world we live in. And yes. this is how they're going to unite because we all have one planet, one planet, one home, right? One world. How often do we see those slogans mm-hmm. everywhere? Mm-hmm. And so they're attaching a spiritual value. But notice this, even the Pope, I think last year or the year before, he started talking about um, if you if you pollute the environment now, it's going to be called a, a sin officially. Mm-hmm. So to sin against Mother Earth, right? To sing a sin against the world uh, is is going to also be a prominent issue. It's going to unite with the ecology, and all religions will unite with that. It really is a form of pantheism. I mean, I had a, a gentleman say to me recently, you know, but pantheism is a good thing, pantheism, because it teaches us that if the world is a living entity, then we need to take care of the world and not pollute it. And so I looked at him, I grabbed a piece of paper, crumpled it up in my hand and threw it on the floor. And I said, what's wrong with that? He goes, well, that's polluting. I said, no, it's not. 
I'm just uniting God with God. If all things are God, <laughs> that piece of paper is God too. I'm not polluting. I'm just uniting mm-hmm. God with yeah. God. There is no such thing as pollution then. And they don't understand that. They can't see that. Mm -hmm. And so we are looking at, yes, the deception, but we're looking at this world government and world church or world religion that's going to be focused on an ecology that will both have its own sin, its own form of repentance, its own form of utopia. It already does. And people like you and me who cannot get together with everybody, cannot see the world in a pantheistic aspect, are going to be harmful to the earth. They're going to consider us uh, parasites that need to be gotten rid of. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They'll be doing God a service. That's what they believe. Getting rid of That's us. exactly what the Bible teaches. Now, we, we mentioned earlier Romans chapter 1, mm-hmm. uh, one of, soon to be banished from you know any kind of preaching in Canada, the United Kingdom. You can't preach on most of this anymore. Because, see, in, in verse in verse 21 of chapter 1, after talking, you know, St. Paul is talking about the creation that God made. And now, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Yep. Notice that this is where it starts. Because, you know, these are the worldly ones. These are the ones for the pushing the new church, you know, one world church or religion. Mm-hmm. Because when they knew, they glorified him not Neither were they thankful, but they became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart became or was darkened. They professed themselves to be wise, but of course, in God's eyes, as it says, they became fools. And they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to the birds, and the four-footed beast, and the creeping things... You know, we get into vegan culture literally because of this. And and people started worshiping the earth. And that's why we are told, you know, we have to worry about climate change. We have to stop fracking. We have to stop this. We have to stop. They believe the earth cannot survive unless we protect it. Well, not only protect it, but worship it. Mm-hmm. In other words, everything is a form of the, the protection that they are going to implement is a form of worshiping the mm-hmm. earth. OK, um, Earth Day, things like that. You're I remember Earth Day. We're talking we're talking yeah. 20 years ago, 1970. Sure. I was there. I saw it. I witnessed it. You know, I'm a young guy starting out my radio career. And one of the first events I ever covered was Earth Day. And I remember every speech given on that big flatbed truck, and they had the PA system and the rock and roll band and the whole nine yards. And we were told we we're going to freeze to death within 15 years. Right. And, and here you're looking at the, the it will be the worship of the earth because it's communism. And that's what, you know, the green, it, it, the green movement is like a watermelon. It's green on the outside, but red on the inside. Absolutely. It is communism in every sense. And the utopia of the world is that we own nothing. We we uh, have no family as far as mother, father, husband, wife, children. You know, everybody is free. Everybody's equal. It's all a, a complete and utter lie. Mm-hmm. It can never happen. But that's where it's going. And the churches 
of course, are, are tolerant, right, of one another. They they push aside their doctrinal differences. Uh, I had a I had a woman recently when I was um, in a, a church meeting. We happened to have a Jewish woman who came, and because she was there, they did not want to pray the prayer in Jesus' name. Mm. I said no. We're a Christian organization. We most certainly are going to pray in Jesus' name. Yeah. And and I did, mm-hmm. period. Didn't matter. Uh, that's right. That's right. So we're that's where we are. We're looking at this happen, and they're attaching spiritual significance to ecology. Yes. Um, to, to, you know, it's a sin if you litter. It's a sin if you're fracking. It's a sin if you're all of these things. And it's going to require a, a form of repentance. Yes, it is. Which will be monetary, which will be, mm-hmm. um, you know, disciplinary. All of these things which are going to come not only nationally, but they're also going to come individually through your garbage can. And what I mean by that is what do you use? What do you throw out? Um, how much? What is your carbon footprint? You know, what all of these things are going to be held against you because you're harming Mother Earth. Look at Rome with Pacamama, the Pachamama that recently happened. If you're if you're aware of that with the Pope and this idol set up in his in in the Vatican, believe yes. it or not, mm-hmm. St. Peter's. Well, that is the it's really the Earth Goddess, right? She's pregnant, giving birth to to the Earth, to the world. Um, so we need to treat the earth and the jungles and the Amazon and everybody and all, you know, in an equal, wonderful way. Well, doesn't that sound like Romans one? You worship and serve the creation, the creature. Right. Verse 23, and change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds, foot, four-footed creatures. And what's God do? The Bible says that he gives them up to uncleanliness. Uh, through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. They change the truth of God into a lie, and they worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And what it Here we are. And here we are. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, Mm -hmm. also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust, one toward another, men working with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And and I'm telling you, you, you look at this, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to what? A reprobate mind. To do those things. And this is, and basically, many of these people that are trying to run our education system, trying right. to lead our, they, they want the authority to raise our children. They yeah. want to know that they can say, well, you're a Bible thumper. You're crazy. Your, your child is going to damage the earth. We need to properly raise your child. But listen who's saying it, okay? Mm-hmm. This is, if you were the devil, and you wanted to create an army of uh, shock troops to change the world and culture and so forth, would you not pick and put in the primary places in the world, politics, church offices, would you not pick those whose foolish hearts are darkened and whose minds have become reprobate? Mm Mm-hmm. Those are the ones I would choose and put in those offices because they're never going to follow the commands of God. As a matter of fact, they're willfully going against them. Mm -hmm. You know what I call that? Dumb on purpose. 
Absolutely. We are willfully denying the truth. I don't want to know it. I'm not going to look at it. And my mind cognitively is now a reprobate mind. And I can be a bishop in a church. I can be put into political positions, even presidencies. Um, all of those things, high offices, those are the individuals that are being put in now. Yes. I'll tell you what, you know, we are living in a time that is unprecedented in my life, but I'll also remind everybody that we have gone through many times of, of tribulations and, and hardships in this world. So this is not, I, I would never be bold enough to say this is the end of the end or the beginning of the end of the end, you know, or the end of time. But regardless, it could be a time of God's judgment because of the things that we have done in this nation. Uh, the sin, I think, is reprehensible unto God. And regardless of if, if whether this is the end time or a, a time of God's judgment on this earth, he's going to take care of his remnant, the church. And so in these closing minutes here, let's, let's begin to turn our attention, and I'm sure I'll be bringing other, other people on this week to continue this theory and this thought line that, that we need to really get out there. We are in an unprecedented time. Uh, we have many Christians that put all their hopes in a presidential election that's, as far as I'm concerned, is still unresolved. But either way that it gets resolved, we're going to have to work for the night is coming. This doesn't buy us forever like we can stop our efforts. This is the beginning of a time where the church is going to have to prepare to be hated and despised again. And I don't think a lot of people who call themselves Christians are ready for such a time. Your thought, your thoughts as we close the program. We have a hard enough time being witnesses in the generation now that just wants you to be tolerant. Wait until that word martyros, martyr, which means witness. Wait until that's required of you. Even Hebrews says you have not even shed blood yet for your faith. And, and we're scared or we can be intimidated. Listen, when it comes down to it, um, you know, God said to, to Job after Job uh, waxed a little bit eloquent. And then God said to Job in from a whirlwind, he said, now you listen to me, gird up your loins and be a man. This is what ministers are going to have to do now to gird up our loins and be men, men of courage, because you're going to have to lead. And it may be leading by example, even unto death, if necessary. Before I forget, and as a time, uh, we're almost to the end of this broadcast quickly. If people want to get a hold of you, uh, how do they get a hold of you? Dr. Tim, heart to heart with the number two. At gmail.com. That's Dr. Tim Heart to Heart at gmail.com. Thank you, Dr. Gales, for being my guest today here on the program Truth to Ponder. There's no doubt we live in a very unusual time. And just trying to make heads or tails in this world today, it's getting increasingly more difficult. I look at the social media. I don't run my life by it, but I look at it. And it seems since the day of the election, right immediately after, 
every time you make a posting on Facebook and use any term like Joe Biden, Donald Trump, election, or anything that even resembles it, there's immediately this thing about learn all about the elections and the president-elect Joe Biden. What a rush there's been to push this narrative. And even if it becomes that way, I'm still going to have my doubts because of some of the behavior that was just blatant and obvious. A Republican poll watcher gets taken out of a counting room and the people applaud that are counting. I still believe that votes got dumped. I think this was planned, and don't say it can't be. The forces in this world that want to put you into bondage and subjection and into their one-world religion and your ID passports will stop at nothing. They will spend billions of dollars to get their way. And I think we lose sight of that at times, that we are in a real battle right now for the heart and soul of people, not just the United States. I'm saying the world. How do we get into this position? Real easy. The churches fell down and on their face, they tripped over themselves trying to be politically correct. And many churches now today are just, well, they're, they're pretend churches. They're all dressed up in a costume. They're all putting on a show. The gospel of Jesus Christ, where people would give their life for that gospel, is gone in too many areas. We have witnessed in the past 10 months how quickly people will give up their faith because they're more afraid of a virus than they're afraid of God. And I know some people are saying, but Bob, the virus is real. It's real. It's real. Yeah, so are a lot of things. I keep going to Scripture, and I'm reminded of these words of Jesus, O ye of little faith. We have a lot of faithless individuals that go to churches. They're not willing. They're not willing to, to give it all. They want to hold some back. And the scripture is very clear. You can't hold back. You either give it all or you give nothing. It's not a popular thing to preach this concept that the day is coming that the church is going to no longer have the freedom we think we have, even in our American Constitution. Even in Canada and other parts of the world where those kind of freedoms are guaranteed, it's being eroded systematically daily by tribunals and councils and the politically woke demanding silence. Platforms like Facebook and others, if they don't like your content, they'll increasingly diminish it. And I'll say this to be very clear. I had somebody misunderstand what I was saying before and attacked me when I was talking about the diminishing uh, presence of Christians on the Internet. I didn't say the government was going to do it. I'm saying the tech tyrants that seem to have a tremendous amount of control of the Internet will do it and already are doing it. That I can tell you from firsthand, not thirdhand or friend of a friend stuff. Things that I have posted have been deleted, diminished, 
have caused me to be in Facebook jail for a day or two or whatever. And the same with Twitter. Take it down or we're not going to let you back on. Yes, it already is happening. And too many people are just afraid to see the truth that's right in front of them. Our mailing address is Truth to Ponder. That's Truth to Ponder. And that's uh, 21 Berkshire Lane, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263 in Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. If you can help defray some of the airtime cost, you can do it from the website. I'd love to hear from you as I've got to pay these bills as they come in. So help me if you can. Keep us in prayer, and we'll see you again tomorrow here on the program. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.